month has been something of people dying and going on. And so many questions come up uh, at this time about heaven. And so tonight, I would like to just, uh, if I would, if you allow me to, just give you some answers to questions that people have asked me about heaven. In John chapter 14, verses 1, please, I'd like to read just three verses. John chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in these next few moments now that you will give us the unction of the Holy Spirit and the understanding of thy word. Bless us, we pray, as we rejoice in this place that you prepared for us, and you call it heaven, and we're excited about it. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's some questions that's been asked me over the years. Number one, is heaven a real place? Number two, if heaven is a real place, where is it? Uh, number three, if you die as a Christian, will you go to heaven immediately? Number four, how long does it take after death to get to heaven? Number five, when you get to heaven, will you know your friends? Number six, will your friends know you? Number seven, what will you look like in heaven? Number eight, will you have a body in heaven? Number nine, can you eat in heaven? That's interesting. People's interested in eating. And number ten, uh, will your loved ones know you in heaven? Now, there's some of the questions we'll try to answer if we can tonight. But... Uh, Death in heaven has always been a mystery to most people. Uh, and one of the greatest causes of sorrow is when a loved one passes away in the lack of knowledge concerning the dead. And First Thessalonians 4 verse 13 said, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are lie asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. And that word ignorant there simply means unlearned. It simply means what he's saying here is that God does not want us to be unlearned when it comes to this thing of death. He wants us to know where our loved ones are at. And so number one, is heaven a real place? Now the Bible teaches heaven is a real, literal, physical place. In John 14, look at verse 2 and 3. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Now, some try to teach that heaven is a state of mind, but these verses tell us heaven is a place. Turn back to Matthew chapter 6 now. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6. I'd like, to, I'd like to look at verse 19 and 20. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. Now you can't lay up something if there ain't a place to lay it up at. Amen? 
So we know that heaven is a real place. Revelation chapter 22, I'm in verse in chapter 21, gives us a beautiful description of the holy city, New Jerusalem, which is the eternal home of the saved. These two chapters tell us that heaven has foundations, and these foundations are garnished with all men of precious stone. It also says there are three gates on the east and three gates on the west and three gates on the north and three gates on the south. All these gates are made of one, uh, pearl and every several gate is of one pearl. Therefore, uh, that is not a description of a state of mind, but a literal place. Revelation 21 and 22 gives a measurements of the holy city uh, by cubits, 1,500 miles square. Again, you can't measure a state of mind, so we know it's a place. And number two, what kind of place is heaven? In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, heaven is a place of undescribable beauty and glory. Uh, turn over there with me for just a second, please. The 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, and look with me, please, in uh, verse uh, 9. Verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have I entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I believe that heaven cannot be described in human language how beautiful it is according to that scripture. There's no words in man's vocabulary. And when, it's like a little thing I found. It said one night a little boy was walking with his granddaddy and it was a beautiful clear night. The sky was deep blue and it seemed that there was a mold million stars out that night. The little boy pulling at his grandpa's coattail said, Grandpa, Grandpa, if heaven is so beautiful on the outside, what must it be look like on the inside? <laughs> I've often thought about that as I looked up to heaven. The song goes, How beautiful heaven must be Home, sweet home, happy and free. Heaven is a place of indescribable beauty. And so I don't even try to describe it. I, I know it mentions of stones and, and, and um, gold and all these things. But, uh, so heaven is a beautiful place. Heaven is also a place of perfect rest. Revelation 14, verse 13. Now, most people on this earth never know what it is to have real, perfect rest. Uh, I, I had a horrible night last night trying to sleep. I told my wife about two hours I lay in bed last night worried about everything under the sun. And I got up this morning and I said, for what? I mean, why are you worried about it? I mean, just, just isn't it something how you can lay there and you're trying to rest and there's really no real rest. And I thought about this uh, when I was woke up this morning. One day, I'm going to be able to just rest, period, in perfect rest. Amen. Number three, heaven is a place of open vision. I've said and heard others say, when I get to heaven, there are some things I want to ask the Lord. But truly, when you get to heaven, the Bible says we'll know as He knows. So you won't have to ask nobody. Amen. You will know. But one day in heaven we'll all know perfect. Romans 8:28 is still true. I like what one preacher told a couple. 
You may not always be able to trace God, but you can always trust God. A poem goes, My father's way may twist and turn, my heart may throb and ache, but in my soul I'm glad I know he makes no mistake. Amen? And in heaven we'll know perfectly. I've said this many times to my own self. Uh, I don't understand, and I don't. There's a lot of things in this world I don't understand. But one day, the Bible says we will. We'll understand everything. Number three, do the save, go to heaven immediately. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, Absent from the body is present with the Lord. So this verse tells us there's only two places a Christian can ever be. Number one is in the body. Number two is with the Lord. There is no in-between. Uh, we're in the body here with, with the Lord when we die. Amen? And so there is no go-between. We need to understand that man is not a body. Man is a soul. Man has a body. Genesis 2, 7 says that, man created, that God created man in his own image and that God breathed in his nostrils and he became a living soul. Therefore, my body is not me, but it's mine. The body is simply the house in which I live. I am the soul and spirit of the in, on the inside. When a man dies, his soul and spirit never, uh, I mean, leaves his body and goes immediately to be the Lord. In London, England, a man named Solomon Pease uh, gave this instruction to write his epitaph on his gravestone. Beneath this clouds and beneath these trees, lies the body of Solomon Pease. This is not Pease. It is only his pod. Pease has shelled out and gone home to God. Amen. <laughs> I've used that a many a time, but that's the truth. Amen? The number four, will we know each other in heaven? Turn with Matthew chapter 17 with me now. Matthew chapter 17. And I want to read you some verses if I can. Verses 1. Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brings them up into a high mountain apart, and was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias, talking with them. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elias. While he yet spoke, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Now, the only reason I read those verses is to show you, on another occasion, Jesus said, When you shall see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. Well, let me ask you something. Who told uh, Peter and James and John that this was Elijah and Moses? They knew him. The Bible says, now, if we'll know these great men, and the Bible says we'll know them, uh, then these great men have their same names in heaven. Then there's no reason why each of us will not know each other in heaven also. And Luke chapter 15 verse 10 says, they rejoice in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Think about that for just a minute. So they know what's going on down here when a saved person, uh, unsaved person gets saved. 
there's no such thing as soul sleep. People in heaven are conscious. They're awake. They have a body. And they do know what is happening on earth. Now, where is heaven? The Bible teaches that heaven is in a fixed location in the sides of the north beyond the highest star. Turn with me to Psalm 75, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Psalm 75, look at verse 6 and verse 7. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. So now notice he mentions three places that promotion doesn't come from, but there's one place that promotion does come from, and that's the north. Amen? And so we know then it is in the north. Now, notice the word north is left out here because promotion does come from the north. God put us down one, take it up another. That's promotion. And Lucifer, in Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 17, Lucifer said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will go to the sides of the north. And so anytime people speak of the north, it is always said to be up north. So heaven is up, and heaven is in the northern part of the galaxy. Now, whoever Jesus, wherever Jesus is, that's heaven for the saints of God. And John chapter 14, verse 2 and 3, wherever he's at, he's making a mansion for us. So uh, for we've studied, heaven is a place. Heaven is a place of undescribable beauty. Heaven is a place where the saved immediately go after death. Heaven is a place where we'll all know each other. Heaven is a place where we'll have a real body. Heaven is a place uh, that know what is happening on earth. Where is heaven? It's in the northern hemisphere. Now, what is heaven like? The people of heaven. If heaven is a place, then who are the people of heaven? The answer is found in one verse of Scripture. Revelation 21, 27. And there shall in no wise enter anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life, that save people. Only people saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ then are going to heaven. And so the peoples of heaven are a blood-washed people. Revelation 7, 14. The good works of religious people will not merit heaven then. The people of heaven are holy people. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Lord. This holiness is achieved not by works of the flesh nor religious ceremonies, but by faith in Jesus Christ. He is my perpetuation. He is my righteousness. He is my justification. He is my holiness. He is my all in all. Now, again, the people of heaven are a praising people. The redeemed in heaven shall spend all eternity praising the Lamb of God before the throne of God. We'll praise God for salvation, uh, for heaven itself, for the glory that's revealed to us, for goodness and greatness and for His suffering. In the holy city of Revelation 21, the city John saw was a real city, being just what it uh, said it was in the Bible. Just the Old Testament saints were transformed to paradise at the resurrection of Jesus. 
they were brought out and carried to heaven. Uh, the millennial kingdom will intervene between the moving uh, from paradise and the holy city. The saved will come with Jesus at the end of the tribulation to reign and rule with him a thousand years upon the earth. And it is at the close of the thousand years uh, that John saw the holy city coming down from God out of heaven. The holy city is to be internal aboding place of all born again of this dispensation of grace, the bride of Christ. It is the home of the bride herself, the Lamb's bride. So this city will be a city sent down from God out of heaven. This is not a, a symbol, but a real city. The holy city will be a large city. Revelation 21 verse 15 says 1,500 miles square, containing 1 billion 875 million cubic miles. Think about that. Now, this holy city, New Jerusalem, will be this city of, of God's home, of God's throne, the home of the Lamb. God will be uh, with us for all eternity. This city will be a place of fellowship, Revelation 21, verse 3. The city will be a place where the ills of time shall be no more, verse 4. No sickness, no hospitals, no poverty, no cripple, no blind, no death, no funerals, no divorce, no broken home, no orphan children, no drunkenness, and no penal institution because sin is conquered and Satan is placed in the lake of fire. Now, notice again the description of the city. It is a city of divine light. Did you know darkness is a mark of sin? Darkness is a characteristic of this earth plenty, but in the new city, darkness is forever removed. The light of the city will also provide light for the nations of the earth to enjoy. Now, we know that the Bible plainly tells us in First, Second Peter chapter 3 is this world is going to be renovated by fire, but then it's going to be inhabited by the Jewish and other nations. But the bride of Christ is going to be in that city, and that's going to be the light of the earth in everything that God has made. Revelation 21, 23. And they shall bring the glory and honor of nations into it. Notice Revelation 21, 1. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Now, the method that God shall use in bringing to pass what John saw is found in Second Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Renovation by fire. This holy city shall be a city of new temple in it. Revelation 21, and I saw uh, a new temple therein for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb of the temple of it. In Revelation 22, 4, and they shall see his face. Can you imagine that? I've tried to imagine that every time I read it. If we're going to see the actual face of God one day, and the Bible says we're going to do it, we'll enjoy seeing the Lord in this new city. And then I believe this service uh, will be uh, in connection with the nations who will inherit the earth. Did you know the Bible said that in Revelation 22, verse 2 and 3, that we'll be, be serving the Lord? What are we going to be doing? <clears throat> now, I don't know about you, but I like to serve. I really do. And it's a joy to give rather than receive. It really is. There's, there's something about it of, of serving people. And think about this. As the earth 
the people is there, we're going to be serving them for the Lord. Now, what all that includes, I don't know. But I know this. We won't be idle. If there's anything on the earth that bothers me more than anything, it's not having something to do. Now, I mean it. I like to do something. Amen. I like to get something accomplished. I can't stand to be idle. And I guarantee you in heaven, we're not going to be idle. We're going to be busy. In Revelation 21, to verse 3 and 4, are some of the most beautiful words in the Scriptures. Look at them with me just a minute. I'll close. Revelation 21. And I want you to listen to this. Revelation 21, verses 3 and verse 4. And I hear, heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. What a beautiful scene. Amen. And what a day that's going to be. And so, I don't think we talk enough about heaven down here. You know, I, I like what one old man said years ago about serving the Lord down here. He said most Christians are, uh, that he knew of is so heavenly minded they know earthly good. And what he was talking about, most of us wanted to keep our, uh, think about when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, and we ain't doing anything for the Lord down here. But I want to be busy down here, but I do like to think about heaven. And I like to think about one night I'd lay down and go to sleep. My daddy uh, tickled me. He said, son, I'd like to just lay down and sleep one night and go on to heaven. That's exactly what he did. He went, he, he went to bed that night and woke up in heaven next morning. Amen. Amen. What, a, what a place. So I want to know what, where it's like. I want to know where it is. I want to know something about it. And uh, there's more, there's more description of hell than there is of heaven in the Bible. And yet, God gives us a glimpse of it every once in a while. What a glory! Glad I'm saved, aren't you? Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, would you bless your people tonight? And again, Lord, we would say and ask, would you bless us tomorrow in the service? In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.